0: Hello and welcome to episode number 24 of Immovable Objects, a classic wrestling podcast. I'm Strenuous Man Flurry, joined as always by the Wiley Cramine, and we're here to talk not just the first WrestleMania, but the first Saturday Night Live hosted by Hulk Hogan and Mr. T as well. Uh, the SNL took place the day before WrestleMania, March 30th, 1985, and the first Mania took place March 31st, 1985, from the hallowed grounds of Madison Square Garden. And before we get all into all of that, and we're only doing uh, half of Mania today, so SNL through to the Intercontinental title match at Mania, and then next week we'll be back to finish out WrestleMania and give our ever-important awards before moving on to Greener Pastures, and uh, more exciting content for us to consume. Of course, the content is always perfect for those listening to our show, because it's the wonderful Flurry and Crammine doing it. So before we jump into all of that, Crammine, just wanted to ask, yeah. as a gestalt sure. watching SNL and then Mania, If uh, if you were kicking around in 1985,
1: which you were, but if you were... <laughs> kicking is about all I was able to do <laughs> at, at the time... But it, but yeah,
0: fine. Go ahead. If you if you were uh, in charge of the household and had uh, monetary discretion, sure. would that SNL have wet your? I barely appetite? have
1: that now, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> would you Definitely have? Uh, uh, would that SNL have wet your appetite enough for WWF programming to have purchased? To have well, not purchased, but have, to have gone down to a closed circuit place and watched WrestleMania?
1: I mean, I guess it depends on how into Hogan and Mr. T I was, right? That's just like that's what it would all kind of boil down to because that's all there yeah. was on the show that mattered, right? Yeah, I feel like I feel like eighty-five brain me, right, uh, would potentially have been like eh, girl like cindy Lauper, whatever like eh, who cares they can't fucking wrestle which to be fair they can't not women but these two women to be clear right um i mean and shit man how i wonder how much a closed circuit was um because actually funny little tangent story uh there's a theater like a uh you know uh, stage plays type theater, not a movie oh, theater. Oh, okay. Um, near, uh, a town away from where I grew up and, uh, they were doing closed circuit for mania and the, I forget if it was a manager or some sort of board of director type person or whatever, but someone from that theater was interviewed for the like history, like the untold story of WrestleMania DVD. um, Which is kind of a fun little factoid. Um,
0: That's cool as hell.
1: Yeah, Warner Theater, Torrington, Connecticut. Um, But support local theaters. Um, So, like, if a closed-circuit ticket to this was, like, the modern equivalent of, like, 20 bucks, I might. If I was really into, like, Hogan and Mr. T, you know, sure. Sure. Um, but like me, just just as like 2022 guy, um, uh, oh man, this did very little for me.
0: Not only, not to spoil things, not only was the SNL which I watched all of, and you watched the Peacut cut cut of it, so you only got half of it.
1: <laughs> the Peacut cut cock.
0: The cut. You got only half the cut cock. The cock cut. Re- release the cock cut, cramine, but. <laughs> God, where was I?
1: SNL was really SNL- bad.
0: Not only was it not funny, but what was this a thing? This was uh, Saturday Night Live at ten years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was definitely during an embattled period where the I, I th- was Lorne out at this point, Lorne Michaels.
1: I don't know. I have who gives a fuck, right? I don't know the timeline of all that to be honest. But was I don't know if this was the
0: case or not. But Hulk Hogan was in two sketches total. And there were nine sketches. And I feel like, you know, when I watched in, like, the, the 90s to the 2000s, I felt like the the guest host was in at least 75% of the sketches.
1: I feel like they're in everything except Weekend Update mm-hmm. and maybe the Cold Open. Yeah. Um, but... um. How much of this sort of sketch comedy variety show did you want to be carried by Hulk Hogan?
0: Uh, he would have been better than what we got. I I think maybe it was Di- it was horrendous. We'll talk about how bad it
1: was. Difficult to disagree with, for sure, for sure. But there's like a weird. I think our lenses are a little like tweaked compared to the average SNL viewer, and we'll get there.
0: I suppose that's true.
1: Yeah. Um, should we jump right in?
0: Yeah, let's jump right in. So I'll just like interject where there was a bit that's particularly relevant for me to mention, but since most of them didn't involve Hogan,
1: I probably won't.
0: So, uh, go ahead and take a, take it away. This was March 30th, 1985.
1: Yeah. So it was Saturday night live, obviously. Right. And so this was March of 85 and, we Are the World, I think, had been released like that January mm-hmm. or so. So like that's timely in eighty five, right? Like if S N L did a parody of something that had been around for like two months nowadays, we'd be like, What the fuck is this two months ago shit? The <laughs> <laughs> oh, old town road, yeah, okay. Um that's like two years ago, shit. Um oh, I think it's but, longer than that. Uh two and a half, three whatever um so they're doing like a we are the world you know parody and first they open with a like and that was polka for africa which is like funny because haha polka right nobody likes that um which is dumb because polka rules <laughs> um <laughs> And then they're like, well, you know, Prince didn't do the USA for Africa, the the We Are the World thing because he was busy bailing his bodyguards out of jail for like assault or whatever. And here's here's Prince's We Are the World parody. And they just they just smash cut to Billy Crystal in Brownface, which I did not like. No. At all. Yeah, not one bit.
0: Not the most cringe moment of uh, of Billy Crystal's performance here, but not good. I don't mean in this sketch; I just mean in general. Right? You're um, a big Billy Crystal fan, I hear.
1: So uh, I will. That's that's maybe a little stronger than (laughs) I like Billy. I think he's funny, but this was he didn't show any of that tonight. No, no, he did not. Uh, These were. It was. The two, like, sort of, the two Ricky Mortons, the two main characters <laughs> of, of of the show, are Billy Crystal and Martin Short. Um, More so than Hogan and Mr. T. They're in, like, every fucking sketch. Um, And I get why, because they're, I think they're both talented, but these sketches are just awful. This writing is garbage, nothing is funny, so on. But, anyway. Um... So the opening sketch is Prince doing a song called I Am Also the World, which, like, on paper is really funny. But once it's like, no, we're going to uh, have Billy Crystal and we're just going to, like, put brown shit all over his face, you know. And the jokes about bodyguards are like, oh, yeah, I'm sure that's something people were talking about for a week, <laughs> you know, in 1985.
0: Yeah, back when the news cycle didn't, didn't like, totally recycle, like, every
1: day. Right, when when right. stuff
0: existed in the cultural consciousness, yeah, imagine um, that.
1: And and so then, like the joke of the sketch or the game of the sketch, right? To use an improv term, um, is like we get some like run-ins, right? Because the whole thing of "We Are the World." If you don't, if you've never heard of it, it was this thing they did to basically raise money for Africa. I, I don't know. I'm sure it went to like a real thing and i'm sure they raised a bunch of actual money but it was basically just like you know a zillion pop singers rocks rock singers you know celebrity whatever's doing this song right to raise money for uh uh you know third world quote-unquote countries you know what i mean there was that africa thing when it's like like treat it, You know what I mean, right, Manflurry? I do. Oh, yeah, of yeah, Of, like, yeah. treating Africa as a country. And it's just like, we're doing good things for Africa. Right. The, when it's, the, yeah. When it's like, well, there's, like, plenty of people in Africa who are doing just fine. Be more specific, right? That's like saying we're doing something for the Americas. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Regardless. So it's this, you know, this charity song big super group star studded thing. Right. And, uh, so they had a guy I couldn't quite make out as Bruce Springsteen. Um, <clears throat> cause Bruce Springsteen famously like screams during we are the world. And it's very funny. Um, we got Mark Martin short as Paul Simon. Um, and Jim Belushi, I think as Willie Nelson. And like, as they come in, as each one comes in, like Hogan and Mr. T beats them up. Uh, one of them was Cindy Lauper, which I thought was a, a striking conflict of interest. Right? <laughs> I mean, I I thought that was very strange. That uh, see, nowadays Vince would be like, "Oh, yeah, you can't do, can't make fun of Cindy Lauper." I gave this cold open two stars, mostly for Martin Short being adorable as Paul Simon. <laughs> it was really cute, and I love Paul Simon.
0: And this was I think one of only two bits that Julia Louis Dreyfus was in. Uh, Mary Shear was in a couple others, I think. You mean Mary Gross? At that point she was. That that's Mary Shear, isn't it? Like I don't I don't her, know. Her name changed. I
1: don't, I don't know. I don't know the name Mary Shear.
0: She, later on, she was on Mad TV and she did like the voice of every uh, female character from like MXC. If you watched Most Extreme Elimination Ch- uh, Challenge back in the day on Spike TV,
1: the former uh, home of
0: TNA Impact Wrestling.
1: These, I believe, are two different people. The Mary Gross I'm looking at is only ever Mary Gross.
0: Well, then I'm wrong. And two different people. I, I will not accept any uh, criticism.
1: That's fine. <laughs> so then we go into the opening monologue where like Hogan cuts a Hogan promo about like, well, you know, uh, uh, me and Mr. T, we've been kind of grumpy or whatever with these fans. And I'm like, not, not great. Not what you want to be saying right now, I feel like. Right. um, But it's because they've been like dieting and training so hard and all Mr. T has been eating is skinny little chickens and all he's been drinking is grapefruit juice. And if the cast doesn't make us laugh tonight, Mr. T is going to beat everybody up. And then some guy starts heckling. And apparently they already did this gimmick on Letterman because Mr. T goes, it's that guy from the Letterman show. (laughs) (laughs) Which I feel is very, like, exposing the business, but whatever. It's the difference between late night TV and wrestling, I guess. Um... (laughs) So, you know, there's like a dummy, they do the SNL thing, right, where someone's got to get thrown around or otherwise sort of manhandled, right, and they use a dummy, a really obvious-looking dummy, and it's great, whatever. Um, And so he comes back on stage, and he goes, see, people, you know, this this wrestling stuff is real, (laughs) which I just thought was great. Um and he just kind of starts to cut a promo but then he just kind of like runs out of steam or forgets his lines or something and then Hogan just kind of has to be like let's get on with the show and then Mr. T is like hey let me beat up that guy again i i don't know i'm used to having like weird hulk hogan shit on tv right like as a wrestling viewer i was watching this as a wrestling show yeah that's yeah like... that's that's what it was straight out of oh yeah and that's right but like how do I put this? Like, I'm far enough removed from eighty five SNL to be like, is this like, did people what did the your average SNL viewer in nineteen eighty five think of this? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, a good it, question. It felt very normal to me. It felt very like, yeah, this is this is what that would be. You know, as opposed to when John Cena or The Rock host SNL and it's just like, hey, I'm a extremely charming celebrity who's, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. It was just interesting to see, like, wrestling shit on SNL. Um, I gave the opening monologue a star and a half.
0: Very generous. I agree. <laughs> Very generous. Well, they were out of their
1: element, you know.
0: I mean, yeah, it was. it was like a, a slightly more comedy version of a Hulk promo and, you know, talking about Mr. T we've got, we, I have to, I'm not going to settle another of your lawsuits. If you beat another person up to <laughs>
1: right, right. How much money do I got to spend to keep you out of trouble? T and that's, you know, that's funny. That is. It funny. is. It feels like a very Bobby Heenan line. Um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's it's like freak you know, wrestling kind of like a treated like a freak show.
1: Look kind at these of. fucking weirdos, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're
0: violent. They can't help that's but true. be violent. But yeah, and it and it wasn't funny, you know, it's just that's the theme of the show though. Uh sketch number one was on my copy as well as yours. So yeah, that this man, oh man. This sure set the tone for the show. You, you want to take away the Martin Short? Uh, gaslighting segment. Oh,
1: I had a, oh, I had mine were in a different order. Bizarre. I had, I had an ad for Reagan jeans. I didn't get that. Like you didn't see it. No. Or it was, that oh. was
0: not on. I, cause I, just so everyone knows, I watched a copy that was, I mean, seemed to be like recorded the day it was shown on NBC, like on a VHS or something.
1: Yeah. You, you mailed to Dave. <clears throat> He yeah, wrote had... into the Observer, Strenuous Man Flurry is looking for tapes of old SNL episodes.
0: Yep, And then he went out in his shed and he said, I got just the thing for you, kid. Send yep. it over
1: to me. I just watched it on Peacock. Um, so mine was only like 28 minutes because they had to cut a bunch of shit out. Um, But I got this ad for Reagan Jeans, which is probably just like, ah, let's put in a commercial parody from that season. To pat out the episode, you know what I mean? Oh, okay, so, so that it doesn't show up as like, you know, 19 minutes or whatever. So I got an ad for Reagan Jeans, and they have actual footage of Ronald Reagan like signing a bunch of bills or whatever and just being Ronald Reagan, whatever. Uh and then it said Reagan Jeans guaranteed to voluntarily shrink by five percent, but still as baggy as ever. Which I assume was like a stab at Reaganomics of some sort. And like me as someone who's just like I don't fully understand what you're saying but you're making fun of Ronald Reagan (laughs) like this is cool I was into it I gave it three stars oh I'm sad I missed it yeah um and then I had an Ohio savings and loan commercial did you get this one I did get that one but later but go ahead and talk about it uh it's so you know the scene from it's a wonderful life where everyone's trying to like all get their money out of the the Bailey, the main character's savings and loan operation or whatever. Um, It's that, right? And I am assuming this was the infamous savings and loan scandal of around this time. I'm assuming in 1985, I'd be saying, "Ah, yes, this is timely. I'm aware of this. But like in 2022, I'm like, yeah, okay. This reminds me of that movie I saw. (laughs) So I gave it a quarter of a star. Now. Uh, you had the Martin short sketch, right? Where it opens and he's on the phone and he's got the cigarette, right? And all that. Yep. Man. A lot of, every time I see
0: smoking, like real smoking in a bit, I'm just like, I forget, you know, it, 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 yeah. it, it takes me back. I mean, I like, guess, I mean, they have stage, that.
1: they have like stage cigarettes that you can use and stuff like that. Oh, I'm sure they didn't use those, but it would be good. No, I didn't yeah, know that in 85. in 85. They wouldn't have, Oh yeah. Oh, they're pretty fun. much anywhere. Yeah. Oh, the stage cigarettes are great. They're just, like, a little tube with some, like, cotton or, like, gauze or whatever and, and, like, baby powder. Oh, okay. blow out and a little puff of smoke comes out. Oh, shit. I learn more every day. So, yeah, Martin Short is just some, like, greasy... I don't... Is he a lawyer? Is he an accountant? Is he, like, a stockbroker? He's got some sort of shitty white-collar desk job, right? Mm -hmm. And basically, the whole thing of the sketch... Is like Okay, the main thrust of the story is that it comes out, oh, you're having an affair with my wife. I'm Jim Belushi, and you're having an affair with my wife, right? And all along in the sketch, he's basically, whenever someone asks him something or confronts him with anything, he basically says, what? No, why would you say that? That's ridiculous. Oh, well, you know, I have this proof right here in my hand. Oh, well, of course you do. How could I not have blah, 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 you know? Just that very, like, icky fucking, like, it is gaslighting, but I, I don't know quite what what name to give it. You know what I mean? It's sort of like there's a much better um, John Lovett's character, the Pathological Liar. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where, where, right, where he'll just be like, oh, yeah, my first date in high school was with uh, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Stuff like that. Right? Mm-hmm that's that was maybe more John Mulaney than John Lovitz the voice I just did but whatever um <laughs> um that's a that's a fun character this is very like this is very like I want Jim Belushi of all people like I'm rooting for Jim Belushi to punch <laughs> this guy you know what I mean Imagine yes. like what a, and it's not a like you know, both as a wrestling fan and as a sketch comedy fan, I'm like, Martin Short is doing the work of being a heel. But, like, how do you even write that? How do you imagine this, you know? Yeah, and why? What? what's the joke? What, why, what, right, where does the why comedy come from? Like, this guy is a total scum, and it's funny to watch Martin Short play that, but what is, like, he's doing the Stephanie McMahon thing where he's like, I'm going to be the worst fucking person you've ever met. Yeah. And no one's going to ever do anything bad to me. Like, yeah. And and especially just in a world where it's like people are just saying COVID's not real. Well, yes, it is. Look at how many fucking people are dying or whatever. Well, no, but that's fake. You know, like th- this was fucking unpleasant to watch.
0: Yeah. On, on that level, certainly as well. Yeah. And the fact that it wasn't funny and the fact that it like most bits on this show is just a continual rephrasing of the concept of the bit over and over and that's oh. not what a joke is
1: yeah well I'm, you can do it if you escalate it in different right. ways and the escalation of this sketch right is is the uh, you know whatever oh i'm i'm doing it to like Uh, Maybe I'm just, like, a sleazy in my business dealings. Oh, okay. And then in comes the woman who's like, oh, whatever, uh, drama, girl drama, relationship drama. And he's like, what are you talking about? No, I'm not this, I'm not that. And then the husband comes in. Like, the story escalates, but the humor never does. He's doing the exact same shit.
0: Same exact joke, yeah, every time.
1: Right, 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 right. So thumbs down. Thumbs down. Bad writing. Extremely bad writing. Um... Yeah, and the the segment just ends with the husband and wife going, you know, okay, we'll hey, reconcile. Y- and, yeah, and then well, he, right? Yeah, the 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 punchline of the sketch is basically like the the husband and wife like reuniting over what a scum fuck the Martin Short character is, which is like cool. <laughs> I'm fine with that being the end of this story, but like, nah, man, it was because it was the equivalent of like a fucking. Um, what's it called versus the freebirds the the young bloods what was their name the, the renegade, renegade warriors it was just like why why was this 9 minutes or whatever yeah. it was yeah that one and there's another billy crystal one um that we'll get to i'm assuming
0: uh probably because whatever one it was was Talk too long one. oh God. Yeah, let's okay, let's we'll just move again. on that. Oh my god.
1: I gave the I gave this fucking weird gaslight sketch 2 and a quarter stars. That's absurd. Uh 1 and a quarter.
0: What what's the Short... 1 and a quarter? Oh, okay.
1: Martin okay. right. Good performing goes a long way and and you know, it's that thing of like Oh, you know. Yes, my win loss percentage is no, that's I'm not trying to do a baseball <laughs> analogy. Fuck. He did his best to turn shit into gold. He was having a match with a with a broomstick here, to use to use a wrestling term. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Uh, so so I give him credit for that. But this sucked shit. Um. So what was next on yours? All right. Well, so
0: that was my open. Then the next one was the Crystal Lake Camp sketch, which I don't think you got. The what Camp, sorry, the what sketch? It was it was a it was Camp Crystal Lake. So the, it was like a
1: Friday the thirteenth
0: thing? The entire joke was that a guy was like trying to convince some kid's parents to send him to uh Camp Crystal Lake, and the kid was like, Wait, from like Friday the thirteenth? And again, this is one of those things where the premise sounds funny, but then the joke is just the continual rephrasing of the of, of what the premise is. So then the guy's like, "Oh, oh, you know, no, no, nothing's wrong." And here's some pictures, and he's like, "Hey, that's a guy's head like in the movie Friday the 13th." Right. And then Hulk Hogan shows up as Jason, and they cut away. He doesn't well, even say anything. That sounds cool. It was a good ending, but that was it. Oh. It was it, it was it was like I was watching this and just wondering, will there be a joke? Will you there know, actually be a joke?
1: But you've got me thinking. This is this is, you know, so they cast like they tried to do horror movies with kane i think in the rob zombie halloween movies uh, some wrestler guy was playing michael myers in that was it tyler <laughs> maine it was tyler maine it was tyler maine okay it was so one half I... of the land of the giants right 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 right. um and i'm cool with that but i feel like what if what if it was just hulk hogan what if the horror movie was literally just like, not like Hulk Hogan as, <laughs> as like, like, rip your guts out McGillicuddy or whatever, the, the new horror villain. But if it was just Hulk Hogan, I would love as that. The yeah. Like, you know, what are you going to do? He's going to fucking run wild on you. <laughs> Oh, man. These walls were yellow. Now they're red, brother. I could get behind that.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's make it happen. Wait, I could well,
1: beat that uh, premise no. into the ground for 80 to 85
0: minutes. But you see, it would be that you could actually do something because it's like inherently silly. You could actually get some laughs with that. I don't understand why nothing is like there's no sense of whimsy and there's no sense of like it's it not feels-
1: esoteric. Right. It feels like it's this thing where it's like, how about how about a, a, a horror movie sketch where Hulk Hogan is the monster? Oh, like, yeah, and that's all they've got. That's what it feels like.
0: Yep. Legit. That is what it feels like.
1: What was next on yours? Um, So the Martin Short sketch. Was the last thing before the curtain call for me. So then I had the Joe Franklin show. Oh, God, which was Billy. So it's Billy Crystal doing a talk show sketch. I assume this was a recurring thing. And it's a very sort of exaggerated version of Billy Crystal. Right. It's a very like. Oh, Jewish this and Jewish that. And, you know, very over the top sort of stuff. And it's Billy Crystal. So it's like, whatever. Um, His guests are a ventriloquist. Well, I can't remember their names. But whatever. Yeah. Um. And I can't remember who played the ventriloquist. Was it Christopher Guest? I can't even remember who the guest. I, I
0: think it might have been Christopher Guest. I'm not a hundred
1: percent sure. My brain is kind of picturing Christopher Guest. Um. Shoot, Liberace, just like actual Liberace, in the in the center chair. Um. And Martin Short as Irving Cohen, who I did have to Google to be honest. I,
0: I did not bother. Who Who is this?
1: He's like a um. <clears throat> You know, like a, a guy, like a Gilbert and Sullivan, and and the guys who wrote standards, Cole Porter, um, like Sondheim would be maybe a modern equivalent, but like Rodgers and Hammerstein, and um, a, a songwriter from like the twenties right. through like the eighties or whatever, um, and that's why he kept going, you know give me a bouncy C and singing his goofy little fucking song. Cause he's a, some music big shot. Right? Like the modern equivalent would be like, ugh, Dr. Dre. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, like Pharrell. Maybe, maybe there's a lot no, of, shit. he would like, it would be someone really old. Someone Tony, like Tony Bennett.
0: Yeah. He's an old guy.
1: Yeah. Someone he's, like that. Anyway, he's famous. Yeah, my my notes read, "Boy, this is unfunny." Um and the performers are just like do it, you know, they're playing their parts well, right? But like what are these jokes? They're very 1985 jokes. Um and the sketch drags on forever and I don't understand why any of these people are laughing at it even if an electric sign is telling them to. <laughs> and then the, the the guy and his puppet sing a song and Liberace is enjoying it. And I thought that part was really good. <laughs> so um, the sketch sucked ass, but I gave Liberace uh, gets both a Blassie nod and a Tenta nod for, for his performance in this sketch. He did great, but one star otherwise. Yeah. I hated the sketch. This was my it, least it, favorite sketch. I wish, I wish I had a timestamp for it. It had to be, 45 minutes long it was miserable
0: it was it was longer it felt longer than in fact the free birds versus the renegade warriors Ooh.
1: it felt like it was i don't know man i don't know if it was but it felt longer it was close <laughs> it was it was brutal uh next i had the roddy piper bob orton promo did you get this i got that at the end of the show yes okay so mine came right after this this talk show sketch and it's just Piper cutting like a pretty money heel promo, but it's weird because they're like laughing on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part was weird, but now it kind of turns the like, was this weird to SNL fans thing on its ear? Right? Because I'm not used to wrestling with a laugh track, <laughs> but I'm kind of into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. um, and then they cut back to T and Piper or um, T and Hogan in the studio. And Mr. T is saying, oh, WrestleMania sold out. Get your closed circuit tickets and fuck, fuck Roddy Piper. Fuck Bob Orton and fuck Paul Orndorff. And then Hogan basically does like, yeah, what he said. And it was perfect. I gave it four stars. Made me want to watch WrestleMania. That, this like little snippet was very smart to try and, you know, get the SNL people to maybe get interested in WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, they got they got uh, to hard sell the show. So that was a stroke of luck, I'm sure, for the, prom- yeah. you know, the promotion of the show. And it was just nakedly, you know, hard selling the show. Yeah. What do I care? Yeah. <laughs> <Do> <laughs> Go it. for it.
1: Yeah. Um. And then I had that Martin short sketch that we talked about and then that was it for me. So what else did you have? If I said that was the
0: worst sketch or my least favorite sketch. I was wrong. There is one other. Um but before I get into that, the third sketch was called Fernando's Hideaway. It's no apparently way. a parody of Fernando Lamas, if you know who he is. I know the name. I don't know anything else. Is he
1: related to Lorenzo Lamas?
0: Perhaps. Maybe he is. Oh,
1: I don't know. I I Immovable Objects Reacher's Research Assistant is on Okay, Lorenzo oh. Lamas what was the other guy Fernando
0: Fernando
1: Fernando Lamas well Lorenzo Lamas's middle name is Fernando so I feel pretty confident
0: how does he spell the
1: last name same and Wikipedia lists his parents as Arlene Dahl and Fernando Lamas I wonder is Arlene Dahl related to Rold Dahl
0: I hope not but maybe why
1: not what's wrong with that Rold Dahl has some very bad views about things. Oh, really? Oh, is yeah. he one of those fucking dead racist guys who yep. wrote shit that I like? God damn it.
0: All right. I don't know what the peach symbolizes, Cramine, but I know it can't be good. All right. Well, I do not believe they're related. <laughs> no, but Fernando uh, Lamas, who is in fact Lorenzo Lamas's father, we just learned. Wow. Um, this is Billy Crystal getting to do yet another incredibly long, unfunny talk show bit, but his ge- his guests are Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, who he asks silly questions and then they respond like tough guys, but then so it's like Tuesday night Titans I guess so, yeah, yeah, but then Hulk Hogan breaks character and starts cracking up, and uh oh, he corpsed he corpsed, and that was actually funny. That was my that one cool. genuine laugh this entire show. Was because yeah, I was laughing with him for, you know, cracking up laughing. Fourth sketch was a long segment that was about sexual assault in prison, and it was done for laughs. That was my least favorite sketch. And then as we go
1: down the line, there that, was an. Go ahead. Like, what? Well, whatever. Never mind. Yeah, better left unsaid. Yeah, I was about to be like, elaborate on that. And then I was like, no, you don't need to. I can (laughs) kind of picture it. I get it. Then there
0: was yet another long Billy Crystal sketch that had no comedy where he was, again, it was a good premise because there was just a writer strike. And he is both a performer and a writer, so you can blame him on SNL. He went back to be a substitute teacher at a tough inner city school. And the way that he attempted to like stand and deliver to the kids was by doing like stand up comedy, which is like the funniest concept. But none of it was funny. And then it just kept going for about an hour. And it wasn't
1: like. Like, it wasn't the equivalent of if we were doing this sketch today, it would be like, you know, uh, hello, fellow children kind of thing, right? Right. Like Like a. Oh, let me do the TikTok dances, and I'm funny Mm -hmm. like whoever kids think is funny. It was just, like, bad. It was just, like, poorly written, like, what's the deal with airline food type shit.
0: That sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of. No, who was was playing the teacher? Billy Crystal.
1: Billy Crystal, okay.
0: Everything's
1: just coming up Billy on this show. I mean, do that On on a scale of, you've seen the Key and Peele substitute teacher sketch, right? I've not actually seen that. No. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so never mind. I was going to say, like, if that's a 10, right? Just for, to make the numbers easier, right? How would that rate? But if you've never seen it, you can't really say.
0: Plus, I'm sorry to say, I only rate things on a five star scale, Cram. I, mean, I, under- I, can't, I understand. I understand. break that.
1: that. I understand and I admire that. Um, the Key and Peel sketch. Key and Peel are very funny. Yes. Yes. I've watched a bit and it's very funny. Yeah.
0: Um, the only other two things one, sure. a brief sketch with, The Belushi, where he's Fisherman Bob, and he says, you can catch fish with toxic waste. And then can you guess if there's any jokes in the show? No, they simply rephrase the premise over and over. And him saying, you can catch fish with toxic waste. You can catch fish with toxic waste. I'm going to put toxic waste in the water. The fish Mm. all died. Then there was a stand-up bit by someone named Steve Landsberg... I don't think he's a stand-up guy typically. I think he's like an actor or something. And he also did Jewish humor like Billy Crystal did previously. Mm. Uh, or like Jewish people don't do certain jobs. Like, have you ever seen a Jewish farmer? Have you ever seen a Jewish whatever, police officer? And it it wasn't good. Yeah. And and then we got the hard sell, A a Commodore's song. Commodore's did two songs. Including oh Mister T briefly playing tambourine on one of them for them. Oh, okay. And then I they, wonder uh, if that's what the T stands for. <laughs> Mister Tambourine
1: Man yes. is oh, about Mister T. Song for me, man. So that was SNL. In, it was... The, in the jingle jangle morning, I'll come pitying fools. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh God! Uh, legitimately, I when I was younger, I watched a lot of SNL. I watched a lot of like sketch comedy. But and like, stuff. but like, what years would that have been? Um, well, there was like a mishmash oh, but, because I would find old ones rebroadcast on TV like and
1: stuff, Comedy Central and stuff. Yeah,
0: Comedy Central, and for some reason, I think on like EE Entertainment e, Television. Yes, yeah, I, so you were doing it too.
1: Oh hell yeah! So I'd um, I would watch the stuff with like Eddie Murphy, like Phil Hartman. Uh, I would Bill Hartman. So like the Phil Hartman, Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon sort of era, right? Like early nineties, David Spade. Was he Mm. in that whole troop? Yeah. Yeah. He was in there. Chris rock kind of toward the tail end of that sort of era was like when I first started watching. Um, and I was very young in that era. I have no idea how I was even able, I can't stay up that late on a Saturday night now. Fuck no. You know? Not for this fucking show that they're putting on lately. Anyway. Um, so obviously this is an era I'm not really familiar with. I'm familiar with these performers, you know, because I've seen Martin Short and Billy Crystal and a zillion things. And I sort of know Jim Belushi by reputation, <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> Yep,
1: Joaquin Belushi.
0: <laughs> what?
1: Joaquin Phoenix yes, had a brother who was more famous and popular than he was who died young. Wait, really? I had no I idea. Never heard of River Phoenix? Oh, I
0: didn't know. You didn't about, know that was Joaquin Phoenix's really? brother? Yeah. I can't say I had a lot of thoughts about River Phoenix in my life, but now that I know that he he died young, I'm sorry, River Phoenix.
1: That is sad. That's sad. It that is sad.
0: Yeah, and Joaquin Phoenix went on to doing an extremely long thing where he pretended to be out of his mind and then came back as like one of
1: the ho- best regarded actors in the yes. world he's pretty good it's fucking weird so then the we had the curtain call you know the the little bloom bloom type piano music that's a shitty representation of it but like the chill end credits piano music right where mm-hmm. nowadays it's right like i want to thank the cast i want to thank the commodores and lorne and whoever whoever, mom god whatever right um, but this was just sort of like Hulk Hogan and Mr. T and the cast and presumably the Commodore is like waving at the camera. Um, and at one point, like some guy hugs Hulk Hogan and then lifts him up. And I'm like, what are you doing going up for that motherfucker? <laughs> Why are you selling for this guy? WrestleMania is tomorrow, sir. Protect your gimmick. This is a bad show. I give it a D. I uh,
0: I think this might – I I brought up the earlier SNLs I watched because obviously I'm looking back, and it's been many years, and time and distance makes fools of us all, but I don't think I ever watched an episode of SNL this bad. I do not watch the present-day stuff. Um, so I know it's I know it's gotten really bad. A lot of them are really,
1: the, really bad. The present day stuff will generally have like a sketch this bad. Like a sketch as bad. As like the worst one well, on right, this show. It, yeah. Not in a like I'm uncomfortable way. They're smarter than that now. Than to do like the prison sketch, right? Right. Um But in a just like Mhm. Yep, you sure wrote this and somebody thought it was funny. Kind of that kind of a way they they hit that barometer pretty hard from time to time. Um there was an Elon Musk when Elon Musk hosted. Ugh. Yes. There was a like courtroom some sort of courtroom drama but like it's the Mario characters. Right? Okay. Like it's yeah. it's I forget if it's Bowser on trial for kidnapping or whatever the fuck it was. And like I don't know. Those characters are kind of important to me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also like fuck Elon Musk. Like yes. fuck that fucking weirdo. Um and like I don't, and and I love sketch comedy. You know, SNL You can say what you will about it, but, like, I think sketch comedy is such an excellent art form, right? Yes. Like, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I fucking hate it when a wrestling match goes 20 minutes when it should be 10, right? Yes. If you take one joke and explore it, not repeat it, but explore it for five, six, seven minutes, I'm into that. Mm Mm-hmm. But very often what they do is just repeat the joke and instead of escalating it, just make it louder. Yes. Yes, they do. That's not good comedy writing. Um, I think Kate McKinnon, unfortunately, who is extremely talented, uh, is victim to this a lot lately. Um, Is is she still on it? Yeah. Wow. She's fucking great. It's got to be one of the longer runs. Keenan, Dude, Keenan is at like almost 20 seasons, I think. When is
0: Kel going to show up? No. Why have they been separated so long?
1: I don't know. Um. Yeah, this was one of the worst episodes of SNL I've ever seen. Um, oh. I don't know how much of the early, early episodes are on, but it's a very different show, and I highly recommend it. It it totally, totally different. Totally. Because um, this was like the SNL you know, right, where it's like we're the hosts and here's the monologue in a cold open and sketch, sketch, musical guest, sketch. Uh, There was no Weekend Update. This must have been a no Weekend Update period, I guess. Evidently,
0: they had like, they didn't call it Weekend Update yet, but like previous shows prior to the writer's strike, they would do something called like Saturday Update or Saturday Night Update.
1: Yeah, well, because before- they had Weekend, it they was called Weekend Update from the first season, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Okay. I think with Chevy Chase and Jane Curtin. Hmm. Or Update or something, anyway. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, but none of that on this show. You have a favorite Weekend Update anchor? Just real quick, quick quick SNL sidebar. Let's let's just jump in just a little bit. Yeah, just jump ahead
0: five minutes if you don't want to hear this. But I'm assuming if you listened to the SNL discourse, you probably have some amount of interest in it because, you know, it it is culturally (laughs) relevant for some reason. But it's more popular than wrestling. (laughs) That's a shame. That's a shame if so. Wrestling is so good. When it's good. But anyway, what, what was the first? What are we starting with?
1: Favorites, uh, Weekend Update anchors.
0: There is no number two. There is only one. And he is so far away. He's basically the young bucks, uh, as far as tag wrestling goes, of uh, Weekend Update. It's Norm.
1: Norm McDonald.
0: Yeah. Not even a question. I think that's completely
1: fair. Oh, shit. Um, you don't. You, you, you have someone else. I, I, like, it's something I've never really, like, thought about. In any like you know, oh, well, who's my number one? Who's my number two? But you saying that, I don't feel any pull to be like, no, that that take is too hot. Like you know what I mean? Hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, that's a good good pick. Um, I guess I don't feel it as strongly as you. Mm-hmm. I really like Kevin Nealon. I like Nealon. Um. It was cool when it was Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, because it's like, oh, cool, two women hosting Weekend Update. Um, but, man, I've i been having a lot of hindsight looks at Tina Fey lately, and she's got some baggage in her writing. Certainly.
0: Uh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Norm's very good, I guess. Yeah, Jesus, who's even close? The I mean I mean Jane Curtin and Chevy Chase were were a lot of fun, but they were like, very good. You know, uh, Dennis did
0: Ackroyd uh, take over from?
1: He may have at Chevy? some point. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah the early like pre nineties is kind of a blank area. For, like pre like eighty eight or thereabouts mm. It's kind of a blank area for me.
0: Yeah, uh, I I can say, like, yeah, Neyland is probably the earliest I recall. He's so good. And then, uh, like, I mean, Colin Quinn,
1: no. Oh, he's dreadful.
0: Oh, God.
1: Yeah, I don't even know who I could compare him to in, like, wrestling terms.
0: Yeah, I can tell you, as far as anchors of of Weekend Update go, he's better than one of them. That motherfucker was way better than Jimmy Fallon.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Fallon sucks like whatever.
0: The more I more things don't like... change. The more they stay the same. Yeah. You want it, you want it, who who's your favorite SNL players? Who who who's your favorite couple?
1: Eddie Murphy was probably like the best. Mhm. You know, cuz he's just like really good. Um I do love Gilda Radner. Mm, yes. Um if you're asking me like like Wayne and Garth are just like my favorite characters ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just love them. They're just the best. Um.
0: Yeah. What is your favorite bit? Your favorite, I mean, like, so Wayne and Garth are your favorite, like act, but do you have like a favorite bit
1: from like in the Wayne's world, like subcategory? I, I or just like, meant in mean? all like,
0: of, all of SNL history, like your favorite one sketch.
1: Oh, like a single sketch. That is yes. the funniest sketch. like, uh, like, I don't know. I've watched David S. Pumpkins like a hundred fucking times. Um, a rare gem. Yeah, that is one is pretty good. A rare I gem think... from like the more modern era. Yeah. yeah.
0: My my favorite uh, actor in SNL. It was time and a place. I was younger uh, when I was watching this stuff, you know, when he got big. But it was Will Ferrell for me. He's great. And uh, my favorite bit might be the uh, when he would do Goulet. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and they did, like, Red Ships of Spain. Yeah, yeah. And it was him and his two other brothers, and they're all drunk, and he's trying to kiss his daughter. And uh, it's it's very, very silly. Very silly and funny.
1: He was definitely the best of that, like, Jimmy Fallon, Molly Shannon. Yes. Kind of era, that, like, mid to late 90s era, I guess. Yeah,
0: he. I, I think so. Although Tracy Morgan was very good around that time too, Tracy
1: Morgan, I think is a very limited performer compared to someone like Will Ferrell or, uh, Eddie Murphy.
0: Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I mean, I think Tracy Morgan plays,
1: I think Tracy Morgan plays the Tracy Morgan character very well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but I, I think that's his spot. Um, I think the cast of the show has been very good for the last 10 years or so. Mm hmm. Um, because there was a period of time, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" They lost Jason Sudeikis, they lost Will Forte, they lost, oh, um, uh, who? Uh, Fred Armisen? Like all in the span of a couple of years. But then they brought on people who are still really fucking good. Yeah, you know. So thumbs up. Um, the writing is just garbage. That's the problem. The sketches aren't funny. Yeah, you know, half the time.
0: That's kind like, of a that. Yeah, they're kind like of half. In... I don't know. In so many ways, they really are, uh, well, I was going to say no no offense intended to the people listening, but I would imagine most people listening to this don't need to be treated with kid gloves about the current state of WWE, but SNL really is like the sketch comedy version of WWE in that it's big, it's existed forever, it has that, like, you know, cultural cachet, and it's awful almost all of the time.
1: Uh, I have awards. Oh, for, for SNL. Episode of SNL, yes. Okay. Uh, most valuable goes to Martin Short. Tried to tried to oh you know. Buy buy ten dollars worth of food with four dollars in his pocket. <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's doing doing a lot with a little. Um, I gave most Virgil to Ronald Reagan because fuck him, he had eight years <laughs> and you know, um, you ever see those graphs where? And granted, these are graphs I saw on the internet, but um, those graphs where it's like, uh, uh productivity versus income, uh, wage stagnation, all just every like economic factor possible, mm-hmm. right? Graphed, and it shows the moment they all start trending yes. downward horribly is yep. is when Reagan becomes president i sure
0: have and they are absolutely true
1: yeah yeah real piece of shit that guy big piece of shit um mary tyler moore award <clears throat> i gave it to the commodores the why am i here yeah the, the what am i doing here award cuz I, I didn't the... see them
0: I watched the whole show, and to me, the what am I doing here, Hulk Hogan
1: and Mr. T. It's because close. they were it's in close. two bits. One yeah. bit, actually. But I know exactly why they were there. Right, right, right. Because, right. yeah. like, they they got to cut their promo, and it was good. It probably it was, helped. Honestly, the best God, part it of the fucking helped. show yes, was it Hulk was. Hogan's promo. So, <laughs> I feel like that has to disqualify him from the Mary Tyler Moore Award. Um,
0: I, I, you, You're right. Yeah. You're right.
1: Um, I gave the the Blassie and the and the earthquake cutest award to Liberace. Um, I I had no Vladimir. I had no most Vladimir. All those
0: yeah. uh, all those singing celebrities who got choked out by Hulk Hogan and uh, Mr. T, even though they weren't real.
1: Yeah, I guess um, maybe it
0: was Liberace also.
1: I regrettably had to give the Mushi Moki Award to Mr. T because he kind of just flubbed the opening monologue a little bit. But what are you going to do? Um,
0: He did have a Lex Flexer. That was cool. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He had did. a Lex Flexer the entire show. He was just doing these...
1: Like Linus with his blanket.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: yeah, it was awesome. Well, for
0: people who don't know, Lex Luger had a thing that you, like, bend in the dying days of WCW. And it's, like, I guess an arm workout. It's, like, a straight bar that you, like, bend and it bends back, so... And that's, I guess it's a thing. I've never seen people use them. I assume it's like some something that doesn't actually work, like how those, you know, you put the electro stimulator things on your abs and you get abs magically. Remember how that was a thing for a while or the shake yes. weight? I assume it's like that where it didn't actually do anything. But he had that on him every minute of the show, other than when he had the tambourine and was always bending it. So that was a gimmick, I guess. I don't know. He's trying to, he's trying to get his, his arms big for tomorrow or something. Strange. Strange show. Strange times. Awful. Bad. Awful. No good, Crammine. Don't make Leslie. me watch SNL ever again.
1: Uh, I have an idea for a time we might. Oh, yeah? Oh, The Rock? The first time The Rock hosted was pretty good. I remember watching that now, at the Right, time. right. When I was 15, my tastes were very different. <laughs> and I've seen it since then, but... I'm guessing there's some degree of, you know, I'm because I, you know, all the bad guys, well, all his opponents for the four way match at Mania are there. And I'm sure he does some sort of Triple H, you're gay. And that is shameful type of thing, because that's what he did back then. Sure did. But I remember some good sketches. Um uh, lastly, for this episode of SNL, I do have a Robert Gibson, not the main character award. Oh, okay. Go, go, go. What is it? Uh, Roddy Piper and Bob Orton for getting laughed at <laughs> during their promo, but also, um, Jim Belushi
0: yeah.
1: is, is, is just sort of a, a, you know, if we were, if this was a reviewing old SNL episodes podcast, this award would be called the Jim Belushi award. <laughs> For not the main character right like the not ready for primetime player or whatever so that was SNL the go-home SNL for Wrestlemania
0: <laughs> and I bet it did have an impact as far as you know making
1: people aware of this uh, of Wrestlemania I'm sure it did yeah. really help I mean if I didn't watch the MTV stuff th- I mean this reaches a much bigger audience than MTV if I'm a parent and I my kid uh loves Hulk Hogan You know, yeah, I'm going to be like, oh, I'll plunk down, like I say, whatever 20 bucks is in 1985 dollars, you know, I'll plunk that down to go do this fucking cool thing with my kid. Hell yeah. You know, drive down to the Warner Theater.
0: I'm just curious if I can find what the rating average was, and I don't think I can.
1: I don't know how. Yeah. The Nielsen archives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. But more importantly than any ratings talk, sketch comedy talk, Billy Crystal talk, Billy Crystal was friends with Andre the Giant. Wasn't it? True. He did a movie. Uh, Well, maybe
1: not at this point. Princess Bride.
0: Maybe this is what opened up the door, you know? Who knows? That's true. But more important than any of that, we have the first half of the Showcase of the Immortals, the original WrestleMania, live from Madison Square Garden. And I got to say, Cramine? Yes. Sure looked a lot like those MSG shows we watched.
1: It looked very similar. I agree.
0: Was very surprised by the sheer lack of pomp and pageantry.
1: But there was uh, there was a, sh- a degree of it in the main event. There was a lot of it in the main event. There was a lot of it in the main event, yeah. But, you know. But, yes, I agree. This did not feel like WrestleMania, right? Nowadays, where it's like fucking... WrestleMania. Here's fucking Beyoncé or whoever to sing. Can you imagine if they got Beyoncé for WrestleMania?
0: That would um, that would be a hell of a coup.
1: That'd be a big get. Big get she, for you
0: know, She she's a big Impact fan. She would never show up for WWE. Mm. I don't think she actually is an Impact fan.
1: Um So we get the same, right, the opening graphics are the exact same ones we got from MSG, except they have the WrestleMania logo on top of it now, yep. right? Yep, that's um, it. And, and they basically do, like, a slideshow of wrestlers that will show you, like, here's, you know, this guy wrest- uh, on the one side who's wrestling that guy on the other side. And I assume originally Vince or whoever was doing, a, like, Tito Santana versus the Executioner, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't get that because they have to cover up the licensed music, so whatever oh,
0: i, I my copy had that, so it well, was in fa- it was in fact Vince doing exactly that. yes, what was only, the music um lord, I don't even I don't remember it It wasn't yeah. anything that I recall being like licensed. I could Gosh. remember incorrectly. The only thing I noted about that was it was a a very muted Vince McMahon. Instead of, you know, Vince McMahon going nuts, it was the Executioner versus Tito Santana.
1: Oh, trying to sound like a real sport still?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. I get that. But it was weird. It was it was a little weird. I'm used to his, like, screaming Banshee, like, uh, Saturday Night's main event previews where he just screams and screams and screams. But they were still learning the format, you know? This wasn't pay-per-view yet. This was closed circuit. Who cares? Yeah. And so they pitched to Gorilla, Jesse, and Gene on the call, and they lied. It was Gorilla and Jesse. Gene was in the back. Gene was not on the call. Oh, ho,
1: ho, ho, ho. No. Gene was in the ring to open the show.
0: He was, in fact, in the ring.
1: We, and, and, uh, 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 oh, oh, this was a treat. This, I loved this. Um, So nowadays, for whatever reason, Vince uh, maybe a year or two after this decided, no, we're going to open Wrestlemania up with America the Beautiful instead of Star Spangled Banner. Just because I think it's a better song. And fine, what do I care? Um, And nowadays, they'll get Beyonce is an exaggeration, but they'll get they had Lillian Garcia do it, who's a really fucking good singer. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, they brought in oh one of the Destiny's Childs, who's not Beyonce to do it one year, they let's got fucking Aretha... What, say again? I said, let's just say it was Kelly. Yeah, sure. Uh, they got fucking Aretha Franklin twice. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like, right, they get real people to sing it now, which is fine. If you're going to do it, do it big and whatever. That's fine. Mean Gene doing it is like... um, If you've ever had, like, a family Christmas party and... You get the one, like, corny dad who's just like, let's all sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or whatever. Right down to <laughs> – at one point, he pulls a very – um, well, okay. So his singing is very, like – he's trying, but you can tell he's never trained. He's not a singer. They just were like, we should probably have someone do this. Gene, go, go get at it, Gene. But the absolute best part, the absolute best part is when he gets to the end of the song and he says, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Everybody, I I fucking died. <laughs> Give me that. Give me that just... No, this isn't like a somber, like, America and troops, and yes, we must. Ooh, uh. Fuck it. You're singing at WrestleMania, like whatever. Have fun. You're not spitting on the flag if you make the song fun. You're not rubbing your blood on the American flag if you make and it fun. Throwing it at Donald Trump, right. Um, so I thought that was great. Great job, Gene. Uh, I never like, okay. I never cheer for the national anthem beyond the like, yes, good singing, you know, or great singing. If obviously I, huh, the song itself, right. Doesn't mm-hmm. stir emotions in me. No. Right. Um, any more than any other piece of music, if it's well song. Okay, cool. I'm with you. Um, but it's, uh, they just took the melody of an English drinking song and changed the lyrics. Who fucking cares? Um, That said, this I applauded when when Mm. Mean Gene was done. God bless him. Because it's easy for Kelly Rowland or Lillian Garcia or fucking uh, uh, Willie Nelson. No disrespect. But you know what I mean? To any of these people. But they're much better singers and more practiced singers. And Mean Gene was put in a very ugly position and he did his damnedest. So... That's me just getting on my soapbox for me and Gene Okerlund. Big shout out to uh, Gene Mean. Yes.
0: And um, before we start, I should just mention, just FYI, for people who don't know the backstory to this for whatever reason, um, this WrestleMania, like we said, was closed circuited. Mm -hmm. And um, early estimate from the Observer that I read, and I didn't get the final numbers or anything, I didn't make it any further than the Observer from this show, but estimated countrywide gross was around $4 million. Uh, it was supposed to be in over 200 locations. They cut 60 of them due to selling, like, fewer tickets. On both sides of the coast, they were doing really well. It was, like, some of the, uh, you know, in the Midwest and, like, in Texas and stuff, they weren't drawing all that great. But uh, more than made back its money and then some. Did not break even. It It was a profitable venture. And, um... The uh, the other big thing, of course, from The Observer is that Dave Meltzer intended to close The Observer the
1: <laughs> after this show. If, right. It was a very like, if this is what wrestling is now, I'm just I'm done. I read back his thing and he, he claims that it's 36 because... years ago, friend, 37 years ago. <laughs> Because he
0: claims that he is, like, going to work at a soccer publication, and I vaguely remember this story. And he was like, you know, I'm going to be working as a sports writer for a soccer magazine, have to learn a lot about soccer in a short period of time. And if this is where
1: wrestling's going, I don't want to be around anyway. Good luck buying a gold boat with your fucking soccer magazine money.
0: Yeah, right. And then I think, like, the magazine, like, very shortly after folded. Went out of business, yeah. And then he was just like, well, got my dick in my hand. Might as well.
1: (laughs) Might (laughs) might as well jack it.
0: (laughs) I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. That's the only news bits I really have from here. Although I do know who the, the masked executioner was in the first match.
1: As do I. But we're not even there yet.
0: No, we've got more.
1: We got we got Lord Alfred Hayes at his mooshy mokey best. <laughs> um, he's all over. So the rhythm of this show, right, is Gorilla and Jesse will say, well, coming up next, we got so-and-so versus so-and-so. And then Lord Al will be like, coming up next, we've got so-and-so versus so-and-so. And then Mean Gene will be like, here I am backstage with baby face so-and-so. And here I am backstage with heel so-and-so. And then the match starts. Yeah right? Like, you got how many matches were there? Nine? Nine! So you got nine of those on this show. That's what it went. If someone was a big star, they got to cut a promo after the match, too. You know what I mean? If they won a title or defended the title or whatever.
0: Yeah, the Hayes Um, stuff was so superfluous,
1: and I have no idea. I can't figure out why they did it. Yeah. And Well, I mean, because he did such a bang-up job with it, clearly. (laughs) Um... I mean, it's, he's fucking incredible on this show. <laughs> he's, I am
0: so into his just everything he says is wrong. Now, I'm his lo-
1: tux. We got to talk Blassie. I oh. do think he is extraordinarily well-dressed for the evening. Uh, it's like a banana color, sort of. Like, remember the suit everyone made fun of Obama for wearing? Like he wore a tan suit one time, and people were like, That's fucking weird for a president to do that. Oh, right, right.
0: Yeah, no, I do remember this outrage, yes.
1: It was sort of that color, but like a paler, maybe sort of eh, I don't know, whatever. But it was it was a very sort of pastel yellowish, brownish sort of color. Mm-hmm. Um with like a weird sort of vest, and I don't know. I didn't take deep notes on it, but he looked great. Um And then Mean Gene is backstage with Tito Santana, who cuts a shitty promo, and then the Executioner, who's just a fucking mooshy mokey disaster. (laughs) Um, And then we get the match. Uh, It's a lot of headlocks, and the bad guy starts winning, and then the good guy fires up, knocks the Executioner out of the ring, hits him with a flying forearm, does a figure four, gets a submission win. Um that that's all there was to it i gave it a star and 3 quarters um nowadays they open wrestlemania with like a hot exciting match right to like get the crowd hyped up right exactly and i think that's what they thought they were doing here well cuz like this is a very subdued tito santana right like this is not the tito santana who has a four star match with mr perfect this is not the tito santana who has these like miracle matches with these fucking lugs at <laughs> the later wrestlemanias you know he's not that just... yet no right, and he's wrestling fucking playboy buddy rose yep.
0: i thought you for know? a seven minute match it was uh it was fun it
1: was it was okay there was nothing wrong with it i guess when uh when mass
0: executioner buddy rose who um man you know i i didn't Figure out who it was until I looked it up because he was just so lithe. You know, he was, you know, he moved good. He he moved good and and you know he's what people remember him for on the main stage is like the blowaway diet sketches. Yeah, when he is like pushing, you know, three fifty. Well, I mean, gorilla would say four hundred, but pushing three fifty or so.
1: And a blowaway diet may come up on our next season too. Actually, now that I think about it. Oh,
0: excellent! Okay. We'll preview
1: that next episode though.
0: But they he did a he did a bit where. The masked executioner put Tito's leg on the rope and, you know, does the, drops the leg on it, and then he goes to do it again, but Tito pushes him on the butt, and he takes a great head-over-heels bump, like, out to the floor and lands perfectly in a chair in a sitting position, and I love that. That yeah. was great. Um, And then the end, like, he submits, the ref calls for the bell, calls for the bell, calls for the bell, has to go through the rope, stick his head through, and scream, ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell, still doesn't, goes back in the ring, starts waving his hands and says, ring the bell, ring the bell, and finally, finally, they, uh, they get it done. And that's why we need Liberace later, because this guy, the usual bell ringer at Madison Square Garden, who rings the bell 800 times, could not be bothered to ring the bell, I guess. He was busy. He was he was busy thinking about all the, how he's going to ring the bell a hundred times. Yeah. But it was a fine it was a fine enough match. Not yeah. This is not a modern
1: opener of WrestleMania. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> What's up? It's the return of guest the Dave.
0: Yes, I actually have the ratings. Oh my god! Oh, okay. okay. I don't have the main event ratings because it got cut off, but I have everything else.
1: I believe Dave never rated the main event. That would make sense. I believe he didn't even deign to to rate it
0: that would make sense um but what did he what did he rate this little match two stars he gave it two and a half wow okay. it actually did not go seven it went five my
1: mistake yeah, I, did... I mean i guess that's fair two and a half two and a half is fair maybe i'm being stingy i don't know whatever I don't know. Two and a half. I mean, I, maybe part of it is just, I know Tito Santana is so much better than this. Yeah. Actually. Yeah.
0: To be fair, playboy buddy Rose is too.
1: Yeah. And then Lord Alfred Hayes introduces the next match and refers to SD Jones as a great star. <laughs> and then we get mean gene with the pre-taped promos and SD Jones cuts. I thought a perfectly fine promo, a great promo. And then King Kong Bundy does one about, like, hey, you know, SD Jones, you think about my avalanche and then me laying you out for a five count, because that was his gimmick, right? Mm -hmm. He would make the ref count to five to be like, look at how bad I beat this motherfucker up, right? Uh, And I thought this was great. This little one-two pre-tape promo thing. Yep, I thought it was totally fine. I think as a formula for a show, it's really dumb, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but... What are you gonna do? Um and then right, as they're in the ring and Fink is doing the announcing and he announces Bundy at whatever, three sixty six. Four fifty eight. Or yeah, four fifty eight, and then Gorilla's like, no, 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 he's gotta be over that five hundred pound mark.
0: You should have seen my grin when Gorilla did that gorilla thing that I love so much. Classic. <laughs> oh God. And he's gotta be he's <laughs> close to five hundred. <laughs> God, I love Gorilla.
1: So SD Jones like runs off the ropes immediately into a bear hug. Bundy splashes him in the corner and then comes off the turnbuckle and splashes him on the mat for the pin. They did not do a five count. They only they did, did a three not. count. But whatever. I don't care. This was great. I gave it four stars.
0: <laughs> That's a new uh, WrestleMania record, you know. Nine seconds is all that took.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're all over it when he underestimates the guy's weight. <laughs> But when a 20-second match is nine seconds, all of a sudden you're, like, fucking just Joe Cool about it? (laughs) Fuck, dude.
0: I, um, I I mean, I was looking at the cage match thing, and it said 25, and Dave, of course, says 25. But I was like, let me actually time it, and I looked at at my, you know, from when the bell rings to when it ends, 25. It's a 25-second match. 25 seconds, yeah. You know, and they even gorilla even says, like, I think the previous record was twenty-three seconds. Wow, a new record. And I'm like, You could have you could have done twenty one, you could have said twenty,
1: nineteen. I would have believed twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. I know what nine seconds feels like. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I feel like if you had a stopwatch and I had to count nine seconds in my head, I would probably get there within like a second in either direction. You know? Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to tell me that not... You're like Martin Short, man. Don't fucking gaslight me into thinking that this match was nine seconds long. And if you're going to do that, make the match actually nine seconds. Just have him literally just splash him and pin him.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's totally fine.
1: But whatever. Whatever. And then Mean Gene is backstage with Matt Bourne, and he's like... Ricky Steamboat is a great athlete, he's in great condition, but he's he's too nice. That's the one weakness that he has that I don't I'm going to beat him up. And then Ricky Steamboat is like, "I'm I'm learning how to be mean, buddy. Don't you worry, check me out. I'm okay. here to learn the meanness. The meanness, yeah, that you say I don't"
0: And I just have to, again, mention briefly, uh, I don't remember what Al Hayes said b- before this, other than referring to Ricky Steamboat as a great up-and-coming star, or a great young star. And he's not old by any means here, but, like, everything they mention on commentary during Steamboat is, is about how great he's been for, for years, how he's just, like, a great right. wrestler. Hayes just panics and just says something, and... He's clearly looking at, like, cue cards, and does he just choose not to read? Is he just like, no, I will ad-lib, I am the master of ad-libbing, or can he not read? I wonder what the deal is there. Because, like, his eyes are focused, not at the camera, right? He's clearly staring at what I assume are cue cards. But, I don't know, it just, he he always, like, just panics and freezes and then just says something. Yep. He's, a little, he's a little
1: mushy-mokey i don't Mushimoki is almost like too generous
0: (laughs) this was until the main event i thought the best match on the card um yeah that's fair yep matt bourne not yet doink versus ricky steamboat not yet a dragon and um, Bourne was actually he he brought it here. He had a he had a good night, and uh, Steamboat is one of the best ever. So, I mean, I could go through all the spots that I like that I wrote down, but um, see, here's the one thing to take away from this: Steamboat has like the Ricky Morton quality of when he does a headlock. You, it, it's cool. Like it's interesting. He has such like presence in the ring and like mastery of what he's doing, body control that when he puts on a headlock, I'm not like, get on with it. I'm like, cool. And when he, yes, when he flipped out of the belly to back suplex and landed on his feet, like the, the gasp from the crowd from this 1985 crowd just really made me smile because they probably hadn't seen that in Madison square garden, at least not for a while. So that was pretty cool.
1: But, um, I mean, I can run it down if you want me to. No, I mean, there's not a ton to say. Uh, okay. Here's my take on it, right? Like, okay, I'm going to try this analogy, but hear me out. Think okay. of an omelet or, I suppose, a quiche. They're kind of the same, right?
0: I guess they're similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And so you might put in, like, you know chop up some peppers or onions or whatever stick some veggies in there stick some like meat chop up some ham or whatever and throw it in there but it's mostly egg right mm-hmm. and yeah. egg is not the exciting part of that dish
0: ah i see what you're saying
1: these matches are egg based <laughs> you know what i mean i get what you're saying
0: exactly actually
1: yeah yeah it's like a I, slushy I... like a slushy where you've sucked out all the the like, purple juice, and it's just, Mm. like, ice chips now.
0: See, I thought this was going to be, like, a tortured Meltzer analogy, but actually this makes sense. Oh, good. So, uh, I appreciate that. I thought you were going to do one of his weird, like, tortured football, not-quite-getting-it analogies that he, you know, just gets away from him. But no, that actually makes sense.
1: Oh, good. Um, Matt Boren does a belly-to-belly suplex, which Gorilla calls a gut wrench. That was good. Um... (laughs) and then he does a f- like he gets punched and he does a flare flop where i swear to god oh. he smashed his entire face onto that canvas
0: yeah he did a half turn and then did a fucking header it looked awesome but it probably hurt
1: it looked like it sucked and yeah. then uh gorilla calls a swinging neck neck breaker a reverse neck breaker that's right and we get an external occipital protuberance reference yes couple, we do <laughs> couple of gorilla classics right in a row um and then Steamboat hits a crossbody off the top for the pin. This wasn't bad, but it also wasn't much. I gave it two and three quarters of a star.
0: Um. Well, we didn't do the Meltzer rating in the last two, so rate oh, the uh, the big King Kong Bundy
1: match. He rate it? Dud?
0: I believe he... Yes, he gave it... Although I'll rate it a dud, it probably would have been worse if it had lasted longer.
1: Right. Like, what you got against squashes, Dave? Chill unclench dave (laughs) um and and
0: ricky versus bourne like three three and one quarter all right yeah that's fine yeah uh my uh i my the thing that actually stuck with me other than the two things i mentioned previously was that gorilla monsoon in this match and in fact for the rest of the show referred to every chop simply as a knife edge chop not a reverse knife edge i was like what the fuck I have no, I can't, did did someone yell at him for calling I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe Hmm. Jesse like ribbed, I don't know. But Jesse also referred to a chin lock as a reverse chin lock. So that clearly is a thing that it was called at this point. It wasn't just gorilla. Yeah. Uh, So I get, I'm assuming the front chancery was like just called a face lock then. Which it is. I mean, that is, it is. what it's called. So that's that, the
1: name of the move. Yeah, that's that is
0: fine. the correct name of the move. But when is the correct name of the move? How many moves are called drivers that are bombs? Bombs that are drivers. Slams that are suplexes, and suplexes that are slams. Yeah, was very it's poetic.
1: Thank you. It's very Thank rhythmic you. and sort of yeah, that was good. And I just the I just came language. right off the dome. Very doing, good
0: doing dome. But uh, yeah, that that flare flop. That turnaround flare flop. That, that was the
1: ugly cool. bump of the night. Yep.
0: Yeah. Gorilla also mentioned that steamboat flew 15 feet across the ring for the crossbody. So that's very impressive. That, that is, is a long weird. jump. That that I think remarkable. that might be a record.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then Lord Al says the next match. <laughs> I love Lord Al. <laughs> <laughs> the next match brings two great stars together, together, the pompous and powerful Brutus beefcake and... David Sammartino, <laughs> the David, David. Receive, receiver of no adjectives. <laughs> um, he's. Uh, this is where my notes read. Lord Al is on some "boom goes the dynamite" bullshit this evening. He, he's very, very, very like I don't know. Well, you see, the powerful superstars. Burgess Beefcake. Like, he's just very deer <laughs> in the headlights. Very, um, very, uh, 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 this is my first ever science presentation. Like, uh, <laughs> just a rough watch. Rough watch for Lord Al on this evening. Yeah. Um, and every evening. <laughs> well, he, but this was worse than I think I've ever seen.
0: This this might be I mean because it's just because of the, the sheer quantity. What were they asking of him? <laughs> <laughs> Read the fucking cue cards. No, I can do this one. The right. the, the the wonderful, the very powerful, the David-esque David Samartino
1: <laughs>
0: He's doing his best. He just got oh, nothing.
1: <laughs> man, what a precious little baby! I love him. So, Mean Gene is backstage with the Sammartinos and. <laughs> And David does his promo, and it's fine. And then Bruno says, hey, luscious Johnny V, you better stay the fuck out of the ring, or else you're going to run into this. And he puts his fist up. And I'm like, cool, Bruno, you get a Tenta nomination for that. Just le- like, fucking go be Popeye. I love it. Yeah, he gets that for that and for his
0: his comfortable and uh, affordable sweater that yes, he was his, wearing.
1: Yes, his dad's sweater. Wonderful. His, his retired dad's sweater.
0: And may I uh, run down the Beefcake and lushy luscious Johnny Valiant promo? Please I, do, because I, say... I have no fucking words. So, Johnny Valiant, I, won't, I didn't write everything down. I, I wrote down what confused me the most. But Johnny Valiant is doing a pretty bad promo. He loses himself a little bit, but he gets back on track. And then Gene puts the microphone in Br- Beefcake's face, and Beefcake makes a farting noise into the mic. Valiant stands there and then goes... He's not,
1: uh, he, I won't let this man talk. (laughs) I do the talking for you. That was weird. I I have no idea what the
0: fuck was going on here. Uh, Did we have, did we watch, Valiant was not an active wrestler at this point, right? Like, we didn't watch him on any of the shows during this run. No, I don't don't know that I've ever watched him wrestle, but I hope it was better than his managing.
1: I will say I've definitely seen the Boogie Woogie Man, um... Jimmy Valiant wrestle.
0: I have seen Jimmy Valiant. Yes, indeed.
1: One. But
0: never his apparent brother, shoot, you know, storyline brother, Luscious John. Luscious Johnny Valiant or Luscious John, as everyone else seemed to call him. Very odd. But mm. then we got the match of the night, didn't we? Beefcake. Can you imagine? Tony Gurria versus Beefcake or sam Martino would be better. But these two against each other. Belomo now. versus David San Martino. Bruno well, versus Belomo's, Johnny Valiant.
1: Belomo is a baby face, so they're not going to do that.
0: No, they would never.
1: <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, before the match starts, the managers play to the crowd for ever. Um, and beefcake is doing some good healing here. You can tell he's watching Ric Flair. He does a lot of the sort of Ric Flair stalling type tactics, and I'm fine with it. He's not as good as Flair, but it's fine. Um, and like, they're doing everything right. Right? It's not a big sloppy disaster. It doesn't look like they're killing each other. But it's boring and long. Very long. Um, at a certain point, Gorilla and Jesse are talking about like, wow, this is, what a what a great match this is. And like by eighty five standards, they're not entirely wrong. But they are, like, you know. Um eventually the finish is David gets thrown out of the ring, Johnny Valiant attacks him, then Bruno attacks Valiant, and then the old guys brawl into the ring, and all all four people are brawling, and then the San Martino's clean house. Fink announces a double DQ. That finish was great, and my review doesn't properly illustrate how long this went. This went about 11 minutes.
0: Yeah, almost 12.
1: Yeah, this. so, okay, so almost 12 minutes for a double DQ finish. Yep. Now, I didn't even mind that it was a double DQ finish, to be honest. What? Who cares? <laughs> like, who cares who wins this match? Is David Sammartino vying for contention? for like the intercontinental title and the fans will be sad. No, they'll think it's cool that he and his dad beat up the bad guys. Right. Right. So I'm totally cool with that. And if this match had been five or six minutes and we got this exact finish, I would have been like three stars, three and a half stars. Uh, I gave this one half of a star because it was so fucking over, overdrawn, drawn, out. Yeah. I should say. Yeah.
0: Guess the Dave.
1: A star. He gave it two. Two stars. Wow. Wow.
0: Wow. Um, I, uh, if you look at Bruno coming in the ring and throwing the punches and you compare them to every punch David threw, you can see why Bruno was a star because Bruno Bruno wasn't, he wasn't like a great wrestler technically. But he had so much fire and, like, the feeling of power behind his punches, he rears all the way back and follows through.
1: Right, and I feel like he's the equivalent of a Flair or Omega or whoever in terms of, like, I can do a 60-minute match and the whole match is good, but, like, good by, like, 1972 or whatever standards, you know? Um and that's remarkable, right? Whether I think the matches are good, just speaking athletically, that's fucking impressive. Yeah. Um, I, don't th- I don't think anybody's going to say
0: that, like, you know, if you compare him to other champions around that time, like, like um, Jack Briscoe or, or um, Terry Funk, Dory Funk. I don't think Flair. people would say he was on the level like, yeah, well, yeah, or Flair, because he was like regional champion for uh,
1: Mid-Atlantic. Or was that not until 70? Um, I don't remember. So let's, can we, can we talk numbers here? We can. How old do you think Bruno was here? Oh, he feels like he was 50. He's 49. Oh, okay. So I was close. Great. Good guess. Yeah. Um, I think he looks fucking fabulous for 49. Yeah. I think he looks like they talk later in the show about, um, Muhammad Ali looks like he could go 12 rounds without breaking a sweat, which is like not the case, but it's a very kind thing to say. Yeah. You know, I, I I get it. I get it. Um, Bruno actually looks like he could do a match and like come out the other side and cut a hell of a promo without needing to catch his breath. You know, Bruno looked great for, I mean, for 49 in 1985. Yeah. How many other wrestlers from the seventies looked that healthy?
0: That's a great, Great question.
1: Not you know, many. Yeah. And he would and, go uh, on Bruno, to have more matches. Bruno, right. And Bruno is, like, famously sort of, you know, he didn't, like, party or do drugs or anything like that. You know, so he, t- he took good care of himself and good for him.
0: Yeah, legitimately.
1: You know? Shout-outs to Bruno. He doesn't like the cursing, Dave, <laughs> on the on the wrestling shows anymore.
0: Oh, I got, I got good news for you, though, Crammine. If you want to see Bruno and his fail son team together against Brutus Beefcake and Johnny Valiant, you can do so on uh, the next WWF on MSG Network show
1: from no, 1985. Nope. 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 No, we are done. <laughs> I, am, I am done watching 1985 WWF. Uh, then Lord L through just a thick sheen of sweat introduces JYD versus Greg Valentine. And they do a, they both do a generic promo. By their own standards, you know? Yep. Uh then we get the match for the Intercontinental title. Greg Valentine with Jimmy Hart versus the Junkyard Dog. The Howard Finkel mentions our program. That... What's a... Oh, yes, the main event of this episode. Yes, That's right. Uh Howard Finkel mentions that there's a one-hour time limit. We can we can only dream. Um Old Icy belt, kind of cool looking. Mm-hmm. I thought. This is a cool looking belt. So this feels like the first match on the card that's like, oh, yeah, these two people are stars, you know, of, of certainly a certain degree. It's not like the crowd's going bonkers for JYD because um, they're in New York. If they were in, you know, Georgia, the Carolinas, whatever. Different story. Um, they stall. Stall. uh, And then JYD. Knocks Greg Valentine down, and he does some of those crawling headbutts that we all love so much. <laughs> um, how that never won best wrestling maneuver in the Observer is beyond me.
0: Hey, did um, was JYD the first person to have entrance music? Maybe your your copy wouldn't have had this.
1: As but... we all know, Michael Hayes invented entrance music.
0: Right? Yeah. So there, um, there was there was no gorgeous George once upon a time. Not that he was actually the first, but
1: no, I have concert. no idea.
0: No, have no, he, idea. he entered entered another one bites the dust. Italy. Really? I guess they, yeah, I mean, of course they wouldn't have clearance for that to show it. No, it was, um,
1: oh, what's the song he sang on the, it was either the wrestling album or Pile Driver. Okay. Was it Pile Driver? No, Coco Ware sang Pile Driver. Yeah, yeah, Coco Ware. Where was he? Oh, it was Grab Them Cakes. <laughs> Grab Them Cakes. Grab Them Cakes. That's right. That's a great name. Oh, JYD. Um, so. <clears throat> Greg Valentine is doing what I will call a reverse half crab because he's just sort of like <laughs> holding. He's like holding one of his legs. JYD is on his back and he's just like, I'm holding your leg and I'm like bending it the way it's supposed to go. Stretching <laughs> your hammy out, buddy. How you doing? This, this is a move you do. If your baby, if you ever think your baby is just gaseous and that's why they're like whiny and, and whatever is cause they have a tummy ache. You pick their little feet up and you make like you kind of fold their knees up toward their chest and that helps move the gas bubbles out of their little the little baby butts. There's a little parenting tip for you, all of you out there. Um, that's what he was doing <laughs> with one of Greg Valentine's legs, and it was a reverse half crab. And what a tortured name for a move that is! And Gorilla didn't even land on it. So like, what the fuck, dude? Uh, there's some chicanery with Jimmy Hart, and then. Greg Valentine pins JYD with his feet on the ropes. But then Tito Santana comes out, of all people, what to, the tell fuck? Referee, yeah. <laughs> to tell the referee what happened, uh, looking very sharp for his job interview at Target. <laughs> um, or, so not or, or the like, best dressed. Or like, all right, so you're staying over at your friend's house and... It's like Saturday night and listen, your friend's family goes to church on Sunday morning and you got to bring church clothes and just here. (laughs) It was was like that. So Tito Santana comes out and tells the referee, oh, he had his feet on the ropes. That's you're not supposed to do that. And the ref is like, oh, thank you. (laughs) He just like restarts the match. So then the finish is the ref restarts the match and counts Greg Valentine out. So, why didn't they just let the evil pinfall stand and then we're all mad at Greg Valentine? Like I get, okay, I get that the heels win the next match. Oh, spoiler, whatever. Um, and so they didn't want to jam pack the show with like heel victory, but they didn't want to take the title off Greg Valentine. That's fine. Should have just let the pinfall stand. Yeah, odd choice. Sure. Because otherwise, it's like, why is Tito Santana running your fucking show? You know.
0: And it's one of those, like, logic things, too, where how does it make sense that you uh, the baby face can come out with absolutely no proof and just say, hey, here's what happened. And the ref just goes, OK, <laughs> right. No replay, nothing. And no one helps. No one helps anyone else. It's just, I guess, that Tito and JYD are just buds, I guess. So Best you, you do that for him.
1: Bestie buds.
0: <laughs> it's very weird
1: a very weird thing.
0: And I guess the answer is Greg Valentine and Tito Santana work a program together for the next couple of months. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> the uh, My favorite bit, again, uh, in his in his promo, Greg the Hammer Valentine said he dropped about nine pounds. Gorilla Monsoon <laughs> informs us he lost between 12 and 14. Hell yeah. Uh, I just, I love that so much. And of course, our boy Greg Valentine did a timber bump just for me and you. Timber boom down on his down falls frontward. It was not quite a flare flop. It was just uh I don't really want to take a bump here. And uh I love him. Also, uh when Hart gets bumped, when Jimmy Hart gets bumped, mm-hmm. uh Greg Valentine goes to the floor and picks him up like a child and is like holding him like really concerned as like Hart sells being knocked out, like has one arm behind him. He almost looks like he fainted or something. It's a great visual. I I, I you know, I just love I love people uh, supporting one another, helping out, taking that is care of good. it. That's good shit. So uh yeah, this match did not go very long and it wasn't good.
1: Yeah. Uh I didn't give it a rating. I will give okay. it a star and a half. I don't know.
0: What did the Meltzer give it?
1: Uh, a star and a half.
0: He gave it one half of a star. Oh, okay. He gave it the reverse knife edge chop. <laughs>
1: The, the reciprocal knife-edge chop. The reverse uh, half crap No, crab. is that reciprocal? No.
0: it the converse? Oh, I ain't talking about the shoe, I but... Uh, I don't
1: know what kind of shoes, yeah. Um, so that's part one of Wrestling one. Mania 1. What a show. What is your overall review
0: of the first half of Mania? Thumbs down. How far down? Will you
1: do two thumbs down probably damn really i don't know i mean it wasn't good
0: no i thought except well even the david San Martino brutus beefcake match was like technically better than i expected because it wasn't literally zero stars but it was still yeah. bad the only like actually good match was the steamboat match
1: the squash was great.
0: The squash was a good squash. The Al Hayes was a great Al it was Hayes. was a treat
1: to watch, yeah, yeah. But,
0: like, even the backstage interviews weren't wacky. No great promos. Yeah. Not much here. Not not much here.
1: Not a whole lot of there, there.
0: It was a happening, though, Cramine.
1: It was hear, a happening. I hear
0: it was a happening. I keep a hearing reverse, that it was a
1: happening. A reverse external occipital happening. <laughs>
0: Oh, God, I didn't expect to love Gorilla as much as I did. Also, Jesse is way less heelish on commentary than he eventually becomes. He'll
1: get there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. I think he's actually For, really listen, good here. This was absolutely the first major show they'd ever called together.
0: Yeah, I, I and believe it. all things it.
1: considered, I think they did just fine.
0: They gelled right off the bat. Yeah. So that was uh, part one. We'll be back next week with part two. Uh hope you'll join us for that for the big main event Hulk Hogan and uh Mr. T against Piper and and uh, Orndorff. That's Paul not Pornall. Yes. It's uh, going to be a great show as usual. So join to. us then. Anything else to say before we get out of here, Cramine? Nah. This is,
1: you know, the first half of the first WrestleMania was not great.
0: Oh. But the second half.
1: Oh, just you wait. There's some fun stuff there.
0: All right, we'll be back. Until then, goodbye. Bye.